And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, Hale Varsity rolls forward. Time to talk some gambling. Danny Burke with us, the pride of Chicago at Danny Burke Five, where you find him on Twitter and check out his site, Burke's Beat. Dot com, Daddy Burke, are you headed to Champagne or are you avoiding that? I think I'll be avoiding it, but uh, definitely the eyeballs will be on the game, Schmitty. I'm, uh, I'm feeling pretty good about this one, which, you know, is, I don't know, that can either be a really good thing or a really bad thing. I think you understand how that one goes, my friend. No, I, I know. With Nebraska and, and Illinois, <laughs> both teams in, in a similar spot, minus three and a half. Let's start there as you've looked at. Illinois, they've been a major disappointment after some preseason love and Nebraska in year one of a rebuild. So looking around at this market, it opens four in several spots. Like you said, now it's moved down to about a consensus three in the hook. And for the first official college play I'm giving out this year, Schmitty, I actually took three in the hook with Nebraska. I'm just asking for uh, for trouble here. I know that much, but... Man, I mean, looking at this Illinois team, it's just I don't think they're four points better than Nebraska. I really don't, and it doesn't really matter that this game is being played in Champaign. I love what Rule said after that matchup against Michigan, and I kind of consider that matchup, you know, you kind of just throw that one out anyway, right? I mean, it wasn't shocking to see Nebraska get this mantle. Does it stink? Yeah, absolutely, but it's not surprising. Now, Illinois, that's something that's more shocking, the fact that they just got walloped by Purdue 44-19. to Now, in betting, you always want to take recency bias out of the mix. You always say, you know, no team's as good or as bad as they were their last week. I understand that. So, looking into it a little bit deeper, what draws me to the Cornhuskers here, I mean, look, this team certainly has been efficient at running the ball, 16th in yards per carry. Uh, defensively, they're limiting opponents to under five yards per play, ranks 22nd. Illinois defensively, opponents get about 5.6 yards per play against them. And more importantly, I just don't really trust the quarterback Altmeyer here. He's been underwhelming. Five touchdowns and seven interception ratio, 50 rating for his QBR, 65% completion. And I know it's not like, you know, Harvard's been anything outstanding. And if it's led to sin, certainly that's a little bit more concerning. But again, if we're just looking purely at the number, I think this should be more at a field goal. And the fact that we're getting the hook. I think that makes Nebraska appetizing here to take that three in the hook. I know it's going to be an aggravating game. I think Nebraska should win this game outright, Schmitty, based on what I thought about these teams heading into the season. But knowing what the Big Red usually does, they'll probably have a lead, may blow it, and perhaps lose on a field goal. But if that's the case, hopefully they just lose by that field goal and can at least cover three in the hook. But I'm expecting them still to be competing for that outright win. Otherwise, they wouldn't be even taking three in the hook anyway. Danny, I want to move to some Thursday night football action. I was uh, keeping updated with Burke's beat last night, and I was a little interested in the prop play that you advise for tonight. Sam Howell over 30.5 passing attempts. This feels like a game that Washington may have a lead in against the Bears trying to, to run the football, but you're taking Sam Howell over 30.5 passing attempts. G- give me the reason why. So that's really the main reason why I think that could be the detriment to this prop play if Washington just gets out to a big lead. But I'm hoping the Bears can at least stay competitive long enough in this game to where they're still throwing the ball, being the commander, still throwing the ball a little bit later in this game. But, yeah, as I wrote up about, I mean, Howell's thrown the big skin about 35 times per game. He's gone over this in every game except one. That game where he didn't, they got blown out by the Bills, and he still managed to throw the ball 29 times. 
Chicago's weakest part of their defense, without a doubt, is the secondary. They rank 31st against the pass, according to DVOA. Also second worst in terms of defense and EPA against the pass. And no Eddie Jackson, no Jalen Johnson still. And now Jaquan Brisker, their other star cornerback, was listed as questionable for this game. Whether or not he plays, it's not going to affect anything because the secondary is still crap, let's be honest. <laughs> and a little bit of kind of just you know speculation into this thought that I wrote up about it's just the air the enemy factor. I mean, the Bears didn't really give him the time of day the last time they were around their coaching carousel, and I think he went to Washington to prove he can still be a dynamic play caller without having Patrick Mahomes being his quarterback. And he's made Sam Howell look very strong thus far. I know there's been a couple of areas where it hasn't been the case, but for the most part, it's been impressive. So I wouldn't be shocked if he just goes out there with a little bit of chip on, on his shoulder to kind of stick it to the Bears for an office going, man, I could have been doing this with your quarterback, Justin Fields. Instead, he went with a defensive-minded guy. But maybe he's out to prove even more so, hey, don't make that mistake this next time around. So that's kind of just a little bit on the side of the, you know, kind of an intangible, just me speculating. But all in all, 30-and-a-half seems a little bit low for Howell. I think they're going to try to absolutely dominate in the passing effort. And I would have made this number like 32 in the hook. I know there's some 31-and-a-half out there now. Obviously, if you get 30 in the hook, still try to get that. The highest I would play would be 31 and a half for his pass attempt. So. Danny Burke is with us, burksbeat.com, at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. We're hitting some, uh, some picks with uh, some gambling, college football, and the NFL. Danny, quickly, what's the other game you like this weekend? What are you zeroed in on? All right, so I'll briefly talk about one because I know Elijah's going to be hitting on it funny, but I'm actually trusting his Broncos once again despite them blowing that last time I bet them against the aforementioned Washington Commanders. Uh, long story short, look, Russell Wilson has actually been a very efficient quarterback despite what your eyes are telling you. And Zach Wilson, while, yes, he had a really solid performance in prime time, I think he comes back down to earth enough I know it's the worst defense in the NFL in Denver, but again, long story short, I think they're in a good spot there. The other game, though, that I do like, that I have uh, maybe a little bit more reasoning to trust them here, is the Patriots on a short money line price, minus 108. Yeah, they're banged up without Christian Gonzalez and Matthew Judon, but they're bringing in J.C. Jackson, the former Patriot. They traded with him from the Chargers, who weren't playing him at all. But you go through some of these metrics, and... The Patriots actually have a little bit better defense than the Saints, and New England has had the second toughest strength of schedule up to this point, while the Saints have had the second easiest. Yet the Saints only have one more win. Their cards look incredibly underwhelming, still a little bit banged up. I get the rumblings about Matt Jones and what's been happening with him and teammates and coaches, but look, Bill Belichick has the big coaching advantage, and despite what people are saying about Mac Jones, the way Derek Gard's been playing hasn't been that much better than him as at this point. Big discrepancy with the offensive red zone efficiency. Saints are dead last at only 33%. Patriots are over 62%. I thought that was pretty fascinating to see as well. So it should be a narrow margin in terms of the spread, which we're seeing, but enough to still warrant a play on an affordable money line price with New England at home. Danny, last thought here, about 30 seconds. MLB Division Series getting going this weekend. I think the first one uh, gets going at noon on Saturday. And I want to get your thoughts on any series prices that you like or maybe any uh, Game 1 lines that you like. Yeah, I think Baltimore and Texas is going to be a really fun series to watch because Baltimore, with the inexperience in the postseason, is that going to translate? And is Texas's 
poor pitching we saw a year finally going to live up to that. So that what I may just wait for the first game and then look to attack it. But, man, that Philadelphia and Atlanta series is going to be awesome. I mean, the way that Philadelphia Stadium was erupting last night and the night before was incredible. And uh, there may be some plus money prices you can kind of, you know, nitpick more so on a game-to-game basis with the Phillies because do I really want to go against Atlanta for the series? No, I mean, this team is just outstanding. So I think in terms of a game-by-game approach, that's how you want to look at the Phillies. Otherwise, I still don't buy the Twins. Houston, uh, Houston should take care of business. And then the Dodgers will take care of business against the Diamondbacks, too. So uh, that is probably something you'd maybe want to bet on the series spread with both of those teams. Something to where you're not doing the outright series price and laying so much chalk and thinking these uh, teams could win by more than one game in terms of that series spread. Daddy Burke, BurksBeat.com. Daddy Burke 5 on Twitter is where you follow. Daddy, thanks for a few minutes. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on.